Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Yablin! Four goals to Ablett. Oh, just a Justin Madden's got the set. One hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken. Matthew's in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt. Berksoven Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Thank you very much, Matthew. And g'day, everyone, right across the nation and, in fact, the globe through the World Wide Web, which is an amazing thing to a bloke approaching his 70th year. Today's guest is a special one. Well, they're special every week. But this particular guest has such significance in my life, both on and off the field, that I've decided that we cannot fit it all in in one week. And this is the first of a two-part series on a man that played 259 VFL games, 218 for Carlton and 41 for Fitzroy. And it included 444 goals. And I bet you he wouldn't be missing the ones they're missing in front today. Three-time premiership player at Carlton, twice Carlton leading goal kicker, Carlton captain 77 to 78, four-time Big V, Carlton team of the century, and then he started to coach. 347 games as coach Fitzroy, Carlton, Brisbane Bears and Richmond. A premiership coach in 1987 at Carlton, Carlton Football Hall of Fame, Australian Football Hall of Fame. Of course, you know who it is. Robert Walls, this is your football life. Well, thanks, Rex. Uh, Thanks for the introduction and lovely to be with you today. Uh, As you know, I've been away for a while and uh, good to be back in Australia and good to be uh, part of the footy scene again. I went and saw the Blues win on Sunday when they beat Gold Coast, uh, and I know they haven't had many wins this year, so nice to see the Blues get up. Just fantastic. We're going to get into why you left Australia and some personal details that people might be interested in about, not because they're sticky beaks, but because your experience, particularly with life's ups and downs, can help people out there, and I don't think there's enough of that going on. We've had you on before just in little uh, dribs and drabs, but this is a two-part weekly special. We want to know where it all started. I believe it started as a little kid at Brunswick catching the tram along Sydney Road. Yeah, it did, Rex. Uh, I grew up in Brunswick and uh, most of my mates were Italian and Greek boys and uh, played a lot of soccer down the park with them. But Aussie Aussie Rules was my favourite, of course. I used to barrack for Essendon. Uh, My mum would take me to see the Bombers play out at Windy Hill. Had an Essendon jumper on my back for most of my boyhood. But when I got to the age of 15, I was invited to go down to Carlton, and uh, the reason for that was because I was zoned to them. Uh, If I had my choice, I would have gone to Essendon. But Mm. uh, in those days, they had zoning, and as a 15-year-old, I was invited to go down and try out with the Carlton under-19s. 
And it's a quite an amazing thing that you didn't waste too much time in the reserves and the under-19s and you quickly made yourself to the senior list and then the senior side. And this all coincided with, not arguably, I believe the equal biggest name in football, Ronald Dale Barassi, leaving Melbourne Football Club, never heard of. It's like me sort of going to the barber and saying, not too much off the top. And the the most famous name in the game, and here you are as a skinny kid, literally. Yeah. And here's this great man. Tell us about it. Well, I went down to Carlton, and Barassi had been there for one year, and it was the biggest transfer of a player ever, I, I imagine, like huge. The, the Melbourne Premiership captain, six times over. He comes to Carlton, and all of a sudden, uh, when I got called up to play with the reserve grade side at Carlton, all of a sudden, I'm training with the senior team, and Ron Barassi is captain coach. Now, it's it's just unbelievable. He's the biggest name in football, and he's my coach. And I'd get the tram down Sydney Road after school finished. I went to Coburg High. I'd walk across to the ground at Princes Park, and uh, I'd, I'd be that nervous. I'd be scared, and uh, I'd just sort of go up to my locker, which was number 42, right down the end, away from everybody, and uh, there'd be John Nichols, there'd be Serge Silvani, you know, great Carlton names like that, and Ron Barassi was the captain coach, and I was scared of him. Uh, but I've got to say, as the uh, as the years went by, he became a father figure to me. My, my dad died when I was sixteen, wow. and uh, he actually, I was at I was at training, and uh, Barass got the news before me, and uh, he took me inside and. Sat me down and uh, and told me that my father had, uh, had died. Well, so you can imagine what that was like. And from that day on, I think he took a special interest in me. He would invite me out to his home out at Heathmont and we'd play table tennis, we'd play billiards and there'd be other players there. But And then he'd drive me back into Brunswick. So, you know, it wasn't as if I could get out there by myself. But biggest influence in my football career and, and I imagine the biggest influence in my life. Goodness gracious me, that's not a big statement. That isn't a statement that you expect from a man who has been influenced by Ronald Dale Barassi. Uh, James McLeod is the managing director of Tobin Brothers and he, he likes business because he's in the business of people when they pass away and celebrating lies. But he came to me and Hutchie and he said, we've got to celebrate some lies before uh, I get my hands on them. So I thank Tobin Brothers for getting these wonderful stories out before it's too late. It is a boyhood dream to kick a goal in your first uh, match, in your first kick, to play in finals, to play in premierships, to play alongside the likes of Silvani, Nichols, Lofson, Jezelenko. Do you look back now and say, <clears throat> my goodness me, the cards fell pretty right for me earlier on when I was a skinny little lamppost? Oh, absolutely, Rex. Uh, I arrived at Carlton at the right time because Ron Barassi was just starting to have his uh, influence spread across that football club. George Harris was the president. And uh, Carlton, I think, mid-60s, late 60s, was uh, becoming the most professional football club in Australia. The standards were set high, but we had terrific support. The, uh, the club was wealthy enough to bring in players from interstate. And you mentioned Jezza. He came from uh, ACT. You had Sid Jackson come from Western Australia. Percy Jones and from Brent Tassie. Croswell yeah. from Tassie. So they brought they brought in these quality players. Now, I was just a local kid. And uh, and you talk about money. I would have played for nothing. Now, yeah. I didn't get paid a lot. And that didn't worry me. But I do remember Barassi saying, well, 
these players that we bring in from uh, interstate, they're getting paid more than you locals. Mm. But what do you want to do? Do you want to play in successful teams or do you want to be down near the bottom of the ladder? And I guess the fact that by the age of 23, I'd played in five grand finals. Three of them we'd won, two we'd lost. And it was just a dream Amazing. come true. And, and I guess I thought, well, this is what it's all about. You, mm. just, you just play in grand finals. Does it set you up for life, not only in football, but in business and personal life, that probably losing and being beaten uh, is a lot more of an emotion than winning? That you actually expect to win and are expected to win? And do you think that that possibly is the wrong thing to look at the Carlton situation at the moment, some, some mongrel about him? Oh, look, I, I think that I, I just grew up in an environment where, you one, you're expected to give 100% every time you trained, every time that you played, uh, and you're expected to share and cooperate with your teammates. And, uh, and when the success came, it was shared by everybody. So we all felt part of it. So it was just a wonderful environment to be in. I also learnt that when you lose grand finals... Um, there's no second place. Not in mm. professional sport. You know, you, you either win or you lose. Uh, no one's interested in you if you're runners up. No good saying, oh, well, you had a good season. Who cares? Uh, yeah. At professional level, uh, it's the premiership or nothing. You know, I'm sure you would be the same in 69 and 73 as uh, Richmond are in 72. Uh, it happened. Get on with it. There's nothing you can do about it. But my goodness me, the wounds are still very, very raw. Is that the case with you and the really professionals of Princess Park? Absolutely, Rex. And uh, and you, you mentioned that '73 Grand Final. It was a pretty violent Grand Final. Really. And and there are a few players. I got a couple of teammates who still haven't forgiven. Yeah. Uh, some of, so, well, I'm not. I'm not mentioning names. Well, his initials are Neil Baum, and the uh, the other initials are Jeff Southby. I'm not and that saying the start. I'm not saying anything <laughs> except to, except to say that. It runs deep. Yeah. Uh, it hurt. It, it was personal, and it's continued on. Uh, now, you know, I'm, I'm not like that. Like, I, I've got over it. But then again, I guess I wasn't smashed as much as some now, of my teammates now, were. Walsey, you look at me in the eye here, and you're saying you get over it, mate. You're like Tony Gregg, a grudge of somewhere you park your car, and it's not continue for 50 years. Are you thinking look me, Kevin Sheedy? No, look, look <laughs> me. We're getting to that later on, because this is a two-part weekly special. Robert Walls is my special guest, and uh, it's just Great to have the great man on board. Uh, 71 in amongst that golden era of premierships and grand final appearances. You missed the finals. Premiership hangover or things just didn't fall your way? Take us back to 71. Hawthorne won the flag against St Kilda. Hudson equaled the 150. Mm. It was a pretty fair year, but your side should have probably been right there again. Look, there were some wasted years in the 70s by Carlton, no doubt about that. And look... The year before, 1970, was when Carlton had the great fight back at halftime against Collingwood. And that's a game that's still spoken about. Biggest crowd ever, 121,000. We were 44 points behind, got up and won. I got a feeling that we maybe celebrated a bit too much because yeah. uh, it was one of the great grand final triumphs of all time. People still talk about it. So you can imagine at the time, I think we all thought that maybe we were a bit better than we were. And uh, we got a kick in the pants the next year by not making the finals at all. You can't win all the time. And I think people have to understand that. We hate losing. We've got to hate losing more than we enjoy winning. But Theodore Roosevelt once said, to win you must lose. I think you subscribe to that because losing really in 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 you know in trails hurt emotionally. You train harder. You say I'm going to show them. 
a kick in the pants does no harm anywhere in society, and it's a shame that we can't see that done anymore. Oh, no, I agree, Rex, and I think that you've got to have your downs to appreciate the highs. And I also think that when you have downs, you've got to realise it's not forever. Uh, you're not going to be down for long. If you work hard, you'll eventually you know, start to have some success, start to get some wins going, but... Um, there's no doubt that you can't win all the time. Not not if it's a decent competition, not if it's a professional sport, not if you've got you know good opponents. You can't win all the time. But uh, it's nice to win more than you lose. Robert Walls is our very special guest today right across the nation and, in fact, will be next week as we continue this two-part weekly insight in one of the game's greatest players and a man that has had more knocks than a lot of people and stood tall. Thousands of men have played the game at this, the highest level. Simply play and then move on, do nothing. Others have more of an impact. Such is the celebration of the life of Robert Walls. On behalf of Tobin Brothers, I'm Rex Hunt. Take a break and join us again for some fascinating conversation with one of the game's great legends, Robert Walls. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. And Matty, how good is this? That the man that rewrote the record books in the 72 grand final, together with myself who rewrote the record books, is the most Scheisenhausen player on the, on the ground. This Norm Smith medal uh, was just uh, a great thing to see Robert Walls uh, presented with that retrosp uh, all those years ago. Uh, was that the game that you look back on in the 200-odd and say, yep, that was it? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Thanks, Rex. A, lot, thanks a lot, Robert. <laughs> yeah, and, and thank you for your contribution. Uh, for, for those who don't know, I actually played against Rex in that, in that 72 grand final. He was the Richmond centre-half back. I was the Carlton yeah. centre-half forward. Look, as it turned out, and, and I... I'd played on you a couple of weeks earlier and barely got a kick, but uh, in the grand final... At the, the one well, that counted, Robert. Well, it, it is the one that counted. It's the one that's remembered. And, um, look, we had terrific contributions. Uh, Percy Jones played a wonderful game oh, in the ruck. Took McCullough out of it. Big Nick went into the forward. It, well, actually, he went mm. to the goal square. Yeah. He, he played from the goal square. He kicked six goals. On Jezza, Boynich, yeah. Yeah, Jezza kicked seven goals, and I kicked six. The, again, the week... Week before, I kicked no goals and four behinds, yeah. and in the grand final, kicked six straight. How, so. how do you turn it around? Because in betting parlance, of which you and I understand betting, uh, to our chagrin, uh, I reckon Richmond about a dollar oh seven and Carlton about four dollars fifty. Because in the replay after the drawn uh, second semi. We just belted you, and yeah. that we look back now and say that's the worst thing we ever did because we got a bit ahead of ourselves. Well, I think in that year, '72, you know, in the lead up to the grand final, I got a feeling we might have played four times. There were three wins to Richmond and the drawn final. Uh, so yeah, Richmond were clearly favourites. It's interesting because our coach John Nichols, after you beat us um, in the final, uh, we had to play St Kilda the next week in a preliminary final, and. So this is two weeks before the grand final. And I can remember I got into Carlton on the Sunday morning feeling flat as a tack because you guys had knocked us off comprehensively. 
And I'm thinking, God, this is you know pretty pretty awful situation we're in. But the coach, he must have decided, look, I'm just going to plant positive seeds in their minds. And he sat us down on the Sunday morning and he said, boys, we're going to win the grand final. And we all looked at each other and thought, hang on, we've got to play St Kilda in the preliminary this weekend before we even get into a grand final. Mm. And he just said, no, he said, we will, we will change the way that uh, we've played. We'll make positional moves and we're going to play all-out attack. It, wow. it, it will just be all-out attack and I believe that we've got the players up in the forward line who can kick a big score and uh, Percy will go into the ruck and, you know, Bruce at centre-half back, you can control... Bruce Dool, yeah. Yeah, he can control Royce Hart. Yeah. And he said, I'm really confident that we can win this grand final. So I walked in on that Sunday morning to Princess Park, flat as a tack. I walked out floating, thinking, gee, I, th- How good is that? I reckon we can win this. So John Nichols at this stage, I'll stop you in your tracks, has achieved what very few people can. In your darkest hour uh, of uh, football thoughts, he has convinced you, young group, that you can actually fly to the moon without wings in around about 30 minutes, and isn't that a skill that we desperately need in this modern day. Well, it was just he was just all out positive. He, he was positive, and uh, and he gave a few definite changes in the structure of our side that would happen. Now, as as it turned out, we played St Kilda in the preliminary final. From memory, we won by ten points, mm. so it wasn't a huge win. No. But as we walked off the ground. We all looked at each other and thought, hey, we're back here next week. We're yeah. going to win this. Yeah. So it was just a mood of confidence that the coach had instilled and uh, we couldn't wait to get out there. As it turned out, Carlton kicked the record score. 28 goals, nine. I don't remember it. And <laughs> Richmond kicked 25, uh, 23 or something. And, 22 something. Uh, 22 something. Now, let's 50, take it back with 50 step. goals. How could you recognise the 72 turnaround with what went on post-half time in 1970. Robert Walls is our special guest today. Take us into the room. The fat lady sung. McKenna has just been fed by Price. Thompson's all over the top of Jones and Nichols in the ruck. And Barassi speaks. And you could hear a pin drop. And he's told you and the team a few home truths. Hopkins is on. Take us into that room. Well, we've gone in at half-time dispirited. We're playing in front of a huge crowd and we're 44 points behind. First thing the coach did, Ron Barassi, who we all just uh, idolised, we're in in fear of him at the same time, he uh, upended a trestle with all the the cordials. So (laughs) there's no drink, but he's got everybody's attention, obviously. And he's furious. And then he's pulled a stat sheet out and he's just screamed 15 handballs, 15 freaking handballs for the total in that first half. Basically, he was saying, how can you win a game when you're not moving the ball on quickly? That we'd only had a total of 15 handballs, and uh, he said, we are going to be bold. We are going to take risks. That's the thing I loved about Barassi as a coach. He was a risk taker, and he just said, it will be all out attack. We've got nothing to lose. And uh, a lot of coaches, Rex, in that situation would have said, uh, I've got to stack the back line. We can't have an absolute... We can't have a 100-point defeat. But he he wasn't thinking that. He was thinking, we can slowly turn this round. And he said to us, you can't be in front at three-quarter time, but you can be close. So he took uh, Bert Thornley off, and he could never come back on. 
and put Hopkins on. He was the 19th man. These were the days, young people listening out there, of reserves, and they were known as 19th and 20th men. And as our special guest is just highlighting Robert Walls, once you were off, there was no interchange, there was no sub, there was no nothing. You were virtually declaring you were one man short. Correct. Uh, Teddy Hopkins came on. He ended up kicking four goals in that second half of the game. But the thing that uh, that stood out was that when we had the ball across our half-back line, it was just reckless abandon that the boys played on. There were a series of handballs. I, I was the benefit of some of that because the ball, instead of coming slowly to me and being surrounded by the opposition ruckman, who was the great Len Thompson, it came in very quickly and it gave us a chance to beat our opponents. At three-quarter time, not sure how far behind we were. It might have been 10 or 12 points. So we'd made up a lot of ground. And I can remember Barassi again, he came out and he said, boys, he said, that was fantastic. I'm so proud of you. No matter what happens, I'm proud of you for that fight back. And we all thought, hang on, we don't want you to be proud of us and lose a game. We're going to go on with this like the job's only half done. And again, I think that was a little bit of a psychological ploy by the coach that threw it back in our court as if to say, well, okay, are you going to respond or are you going to accept that? And of course, we, we wanted to win. And as it turned out, we got up and won that game by 10 points. Greatest fight back ever. It was. And I'm sure when you get together as a group, it is very, very special because uh, I, I laugh at people say, oh, he's a former Brownlow medalist and a former premiership player. Well, <clears throat> you only win Brownlow medals and you only win premierships. You're never, ever former. Are you, like many in the premiership club, does every year that goes by, do those days mean more to you? Oh, absolutely, Rex. Uh, you realise how privileged you are, how hard they are to win a premiership. And... Again, as you get as you get older, and my next birthday I'll be sixty five. So, you know, Barras is heading towards eighty, and John Nichols is well into his seventies. Yeah. But uh, you just never lose that bond. I want to set up next week, folks, because Robert Walls has been good enough to join us on consecutive weeks. And next week we get into the nitty gritty of coaching. We get into the nitty gritty of falling out of love with football. We get into the nitty gritty of facing personal family tragedies, moving on and finding peace and happiness again. I want to set that up by saying, what role did your dear departed wife Erin play in your young career at Carlton when you and her brought this beautiful family into the world? How important was it? Because I want to next week just get into your feelings about how on earth you move on because I want to help people out there. Well, Erin and I were together for uh, 32 years, Rex, and uh, she was my rock-solid support. Whenever I was down, whenever I was uh, dispirited, whenever I felt perhaps I was a failure, uh, she was the one who'd say, hey, wake up to yourself. You've done this, you've done that. You've had a lot more ups than downs. Don't feel miserable about yourself. Uh, front the people who you need to front. Um, you know, I'm there for you. You know that. And I guess... We had three kids, and Erin um, pretty much controlled the family. Well, she did. You know, she 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 would hand me a hundred dollars a week. Gee, that much? <laughs> yeah. I don't get that now from Lynn for lunch money. And the hundred dollars, if I ran short, she she'd give me a blast and say, "Well, what? How, how are you blowing your at, money?" At that but particular she stage, controlled our family. You weren't a closet better of Nia West trots on the favourite, <laughs> were you? No. But what it meant was that she looked after the kids. She looked after 
the the responsibilities of running a home, and it just left me to do what I wanted to do, which was to play good football and be a be a successful football coach. So, in some ways, I guess it was selfish of me, but she 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 enabled me to shine. Just fantastic. Robert Walls is going to join us next week on behalf of Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives. Got a lifetime and a couple of questions coming up, Rob, and I need one or two uh, word answers to get an insight into Robert Walls, the man. My absolute favourite food of all time is? Uh, Roast lamb. When I get around to it, I promise I will. I promise I will. Say sorry to Rex. If I could be anyone or anything anywhere in the world for one day, I would be. Uh, Masters winner at Augusta. My all-time favourite movie is? Shawshank Redemption. Join us next week, folks, for this magnificent man, Robert Wall. Same place, same time on 1116 SEN and relays right throughout the nation. We discover... And we admire the life of Robert Walls, an incredible life in footy, in coaching, and an inspirational life off the field. And don't forget, if you'd like to hear the extended versions of previous interviews, including Peter Hudson, John William Noel Newman, Sam Newman, Lou Richards, Carl Dittrich, and Greg Williams, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals, or follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. This has been This Is Your Football Life, all for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.